Welcome to Syracuse Speaks, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. This is season six of Syracuse Speaks. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the late February episode of Syracuse Speaks. I am currently recording this in a little bit of a different way than I normally do. Spotify for Podcasters has recently announced some changes in the way that creators can record and get their content out to people. So honestly, right now, I am not entirely sure if this episode ended up with an introduction or an outro or not. Uh, So... I appreciate your patience. The great news is that I might have just figured out a way to be able to have guests on again using Riverside through Spotify for podcasters. So that's kind of cool. I'll see maybe if I can, for the next episode, have our old friend Patrick. Um, Not that Patrick is old, but him and I go back a ways at this point in time. Um, Sorry, Patrick. I think you you knew what I meant. Uh, Anyways... So hopefully I can maybe figure that out for next time and we can get back to having some guests and some better interactions here on the pod. So just in case I wasn't able to figure out how to add in my usual introduction, I'm Alex Ackerman. This is the Syracuse Speaks podcast. It is a podcast about current Syracuse Crunch news and notes and everything going on in the world of Crunch hockey. Thank you so much for joining me today and we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Syracuse is still clinging to second place in the North Division. Over the past month, the crunch has oscillated between being tied with Cleveland for first place, and I think at one very brief period of time this month, they were actually solidly in first place by like a one-point margin. But at this point, Syracuse has landed back in second place. Cleveland has 65 points. Syracuse has 61. Creeping up right behind Syracuse is their foe Belleville with 57. Behind them, we have Toronto with 56 points, Rochester with 56 points, Laval with 51, and Utica with 47. Syracuse has a 28-16-3-2 record, which is a very respectable record for this time in the season, especially considering the amount of transactions and transitions and changes that happened into the offseason through now. It has been a very disruptive season for Syracuse. I think probably one of the most disruptive seasons we've seen with the Lightning affiliation, because generally they have tried to keep things very consistent for their farm team up until just recently. Um, so I mean, overall to have Syracuse be in second place in the North with that kind of a record at this point in time, it's really quite a, quite a accomplishment. And it's definitely a testament to head coach Joe Bouchard and the leadership core in that dressing room. They're keeping the team on track. They're working through all of the transactions and line changes and partner changes. And, and they're, they're doing, they're doing as best of a job as they possibly can. Overall, the crunch is, you know, their, their games, when they're good, they're good. 
when they're not, sometimes they can pull it out and sometimes they can't. It really just depends on who they're facing and, you know, what is happening with the roster, which is not news. I mean, that's that's what the AHL is. That's what we find here as fans all the time, right? Like you have those teams and sometimes they're the same teams as previous seasons. Sometimes they're not that just seem to have your number in this league. And then you have the extraneous stuff going on outside of uh, what's happening on the ice, the transactions, the injuries, all of those, those things, the NHL club, the, the trade deadline coming up, all of those extra factors that add, you know, a little bit of stress into the game and can make things feel a little different. And I think that that's what Syracuse is, is feeling right now. Syracuse has played the Belleville Senators one, two, three, four, four times in the month of February and has lost to the Belleville Senators four times in the month of February. For whatever reason, Belleville just seems to get under Syracuse's skin. It seems to break their concentration and they really seem to be able to disrupt what Syracuse tries to do with the way they play the game. Syracuse has been relying on both speed and physicality this season. A little bit of a different shift from when Coach Ben Grew was with the team, and it was very much focused on speed alone. Yes, Syracuse has had players under Coach Grew who could rough it up if they needed to, but it seems like Coach Bouchard has given this iteration of the crunch, a little bit more of a leash in that area. And against a lot of the other teams in the North Division, Rochester, Utica, Toronto, those things seem, those tactics seem to work really well for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's just because the way that Belleville plays their game, it's similar. I'm not sure what the deal is, but for whatever reason, Belleville seems to be the team this year that Syracuse struggles with. Unfortunately for the Crunch, they're also the team that is climbing in the standings in the North Division and is now right behind Syracuse and getting closer to where the Crunch is sitting in second place. In the American Hockey League, first and second place for the playoffs, get that home ice advantage. So, you know, it is very desirable to stay in that first or second place. Third would be fine. It would just mean losing home ice. You don't want to be in that fourth or fifth place spot because then you're ending up playing extra hockey because, of course, as you may remember a couple years ago, the rules changed, and the North Division now has five teams that make the playoffs. Slots first, second, and third in the division are guaranteed a playoff spot. Slots four and five play each other to determine who then gets to play more hockey (laughs) and actually start the playoffs, like get to get into the playoffs against the other guaranteed teams. So as a general rule right now for the North Division, you don't want to fall lower than third because then you're playing extra hockey. And nobody really wants to do that, even when it's a best of, what is it, a best of three, I think, for that extra round. Even when it's that short, 
those extra couple of games really still can make a difference, especially if it's against a very physical opponent that's going to wear you down. You don't want to have to do that. So Syracuse really wants to focus on maintaining at least that second place position. Falling to third would be not the end of the world, but obviously not as desirable. They don't want to fall further than that. The end of the day, as the standings stand right now, it would really be good for Syracuse if they could get that monkey off of their back and find a way to beat Belleville, preferably in regulation, but truth be truth be told, just finding a way to do it would be really helpful. So it'll be interesting as the season goes on if they can figure out a way to do that, especially since if the standings stay the same, if the standings are you know, what they are right now at the end of the season, guess who Syracuse is playing during that first round? If you guessed Belleville, you get absolutely nothing because this podcast is done with no um, profits coming in and uh, I'm not made of money. But you get the satisfaction of knowing that you were correct. Um, Syracuse probably doesn't want to face Belleville in the first round of the playoffs because it's they're not doing real well against them so far. So, you know, we can't control that, obviously, but it would be nice if Syracuse could, in the coming weeks, figure out a way to beat that team so that if the playoffs do shake out where they're facing the Senators in the first round, they have the confidence going in of knowing that they are beatable. So we shall see what happens. The two teams don't play again until the middle of next month and then a couple more times in April. So Syracuse has what looks like three more times to be able to beat Belleville and figure out a way to solve them. Maybe with a little bit of roster consistency over the next couple of weeks, that can happen. Speaking of roster consistency, um, for those of you who have been on social media over the past couple of days, you are well aware that the Lightning made a very interesting transaction over the weekend. And the Crunch has confirmed today that Alex Boulay will be on the roster later on this evening when Syracuse plays Utica. So yes, this is one of my very famous, it's a Sunday and I'm not driving to Syracuse um, home game skippages. <laughs> uh, for those of you who aren't aware, I moved to the Southern Tier this past summer for a new job, and I am now further away from the crunch than I was before. So I wasn't going to Sunday games or weeknight games where I used to be living, and I'm certainly not doing that now that I'm further away. So Syracuse is actually in action uh, it's about 3.39 right now. Puck drop is at 5 o'clock up at the Onondaga County War Memorial. Um, and the Crunch has confirmed that Alex Boulay will be on roster today when they face off against Utica. This was an unexpected, 
but fairly huge addition for the crunch. The lightning has found that some of the kids, and I use that term with love and loosely, um, namely Mitchell Chaffee and Emil Lilleberg, and now Cole Kepke, have jumped ahead of Barry Boulay on the depth chart. Um, I reached out to my old friends at Raw Charge to try to see if there was any known reasoning behind this leap. And what I received back was what we've been hearing about Barry Boulay's game pretty much from the beginning. His two-way game isn't where the Lightning wants it to be. He's not playing good enough defense to be able to play the Lightning systems the way they currently stand, and he wasn't winning enough puck battles. Barry Boulay is of smaller stature, and these are concerns with his NHL game that have been there from the beginning. We have absolutely seen at the AHL level his improvement in that area. Um, he has 100% worked on that with the crunch, and we saw an improvement in those areas down here. The problem comes when he tries to apply what he has been working on up with the lightning. And I don't know if it's a systems thing. I don't know if it is a um, – if it's a nerves Thing, if he feels the pressure of, of quote-unquote, finally making it and sticking. I don't know what it is with him. But for whatever reason, he fell out of favor. He was put on waivers. He cleared waivers. And Saturday morning was assigned to Syracuse. Personally, the delay in that assignment does make me wonder if the Lightning was trying to orchestrate a trade to give him a chance at some kind of NHL time. This is just pure speculation on my part because I don't know what the Lightning gained from waiting 12 hours to announce the transit. Well, really, it was almost 24 hours to announce the transaction to Syracuse from when Barry Boulay cleared waivers. It's very odd for them to do that when there's no benefit. So it does make me wonder if maybe they were trying to orchestrate something behind the scenes. If if that's what they were doing, clearly it didn't work out. And Barry Boulay is back in Syracuse. In case you need a reminder about what that means, Barry Boulay currently has the franchise record in goals with 109, assists with 174, and points with 283. This is in 271 career crunch games. Last season, Barry Boulay finished second in the American Hockey League with 84 points, which set a new single-season franchise record for points. Um, previously, Barry Boulay has just destroyed the AHL's point totals multiple seasons in a row, and if I remember correctly, was also voted, I don't know, some, some award a couple years ago, best forward or something. Um, because of his accomplishments. He's done a lot, and he is a very talented player. And I hesitate 
to say this, but with 20 years of AHL fandom experience under my belt, I almost feel obligated to mention that as long as he comes down here in the right frame of mind, this is huge for Syracuse, especially with losing those three players that I mentioned earlier to the Lightning. And I don't know if they'll come back. The Lightning still does have a couple of injuries that they're dealing with. Max Crozier got recalled on the blue line side of things the other day because of, of injuries and everything that's going on with them. So it's possible that once everything shakes out, the crunch might get a forward back. But we also have to keep in mind that the trade deadline is approaching. And that, depending on what the Lightning do, 100% could affect Syracuse. You know, the Lightning, their goal is to make the playoffs. They're working towards it. They are, you know, they have four straight road victories at this point in time, which is um, just from today. Dave Randorf over on Twitter reports that that's the first time in two years they've done that. They're really trying to pull it together and push for those playoffs. And Julian Breezebois, the general manager with the Lightning, the other front office members up there, they have shown in the past that they are not shy about doing what they need to do. Syracuse has managed, as I said earlier, to stay relatively stable in the grand scheme of things. They might take that as an indication that they can do play it a little bit fast and loose with the Crunch's roster and see what they can do with missing a piece or two. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but Barry Boulay should be a huge addition to the Crunch. Um, when we look at the other players around ABB who will be supporting him in his efforts to get as many minutes as he can and make a great case for himself for whatever the next steps in his career may be. We have, we have Gage Gonsalves still at the top of Syracuse's points with 40. Um, Gonsalves has been huge for Syracuse this year. He needed to have a really big season, and he is in any and every piece of imagination doing that. He has 33 assists. He has seven goals, 40 points. He is a negative seven, um, which plus minus is a weird stat, which basically means like every time you are on the ice for a goal, you get a, a plus point. And then every time you are on the ice when the other team scores, you get a minus. So it's like, say you have five, say you're at a plus five um, for plus minus before the game starts. And then you're on the ice for the other team scoring. Well, then you're at a plus four. And then if you're on the ice for your team scoring, you go back up to a plus five. So generally you want to see your plus minus stay on the plus side of things because that means that you're on the ice for more goals than you're on the ice for goals against your team. So Gage Gonsalves is a little bit 
of a weird outlier in that he is at a minus seven right now. But I think that part of that is his presence on special teams. And I also think that part of that is just he's on the ice a lot. He gobbles up minutes and, you know, he, he he's going to have those chances to be on the ice more often when the other team scores because he's just out there a lot. So he's leading the team in points still. He's been at the top of that for a long time now. Right behind him is defenseman Jack Thompson with 32 points. Thompson is currently injured. I believe he got hurt Friday night during that game at Utica. So Syracuse has um, signed a couple of PTOs and called up a couple of players. But hopefully Thompson can get back to the team soon because obviously not only is he their most offensively gifted defenseman, he's also a solid defensive defenseman, which is really hard to find nowadays. Um, and he's also an alternate captain on the team, one of the youngest, I think, in crunch history. So, you know, he plays a really big part of the leadership core that has kept Syracuse working towards the playoffs all year long. And hopefully he won't be out for long. Behind him, Felix Robert, 28 points. Then we have, skipping over some of our recalls, Team captain Gabriel Dumont, 23 points. Maxime Groshev, 23 points. Declan Carlisle, 21 points. Joe Carroll, who, if y'all didn't see, was on Syracuse's top line Friday night. What a season Joe Carroll has had. He has 20 points on the season so far. And then Walteri Marala, also with 20 points, is right behind him. So that's how the current top point getters on the team break down. You know, again, it's it's really nice seeing this like cluster of all of these players with 20 points, 20 points, 20 points, and then players, you know, when you go down to even like the 14th player on the team, they have 15 points in 39 games. So, you know, they're at about a half point pace. And that's halfway down the roster. Syracuse hasn't had that kind of secondary scoring in a good couple of seasons. And it has definitely been a little bit of a secret to their success this season. So it's been it's been really good to see. Um, and, you know, also on the Gonsalve side of things, he is currently fifth, technically fourth because of the recall um, of of – a player above him in the American Hockey League for assists. So he is doing well on a lot of levels, and he is getting that career sort of recognition on the league score sheet too, which is really good to see. Moving forward. Um, and checking out where the team is going to be in the next couple of weeks until we can sit down again to talk about everything going on in Crunchland. Um, as of right now, just to give me, you my usual, this is the lay of the land, uh, the next episode will probably come out on March 10th, barring any changes in my schedule, and then again on March 24th. So 
the next time we'll sit down is about two weeks away. What's happening in Syracuse Crunchland between now and then? Great question. So glad you asked. As I said, Syracuse is facing Utica this afternoon at 5 o'clock in Syracuse. Then on Wednesday, it's it's pretty much all North Division all the time for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Wednesday, February 28th, they are at Rochester. Friday, March 1st, Toronto comes into town. And then Saturday, March 2nd, Syracuse goes to Toronto. Wednesday, March 6th, the crunch is at Laval. Friday, March 8th, the crunch is at Rochester. And Saturday, March 9th, Rochester comes into town. Lots of Rochester in the coming weeks. Lots of Toronto in the coming weeks. Those teams are still fairly behind Syracuse in the standings, but not by much. Um, Fourth and fifth in the division. You know, that series of games could make a big swing in the standings depending on how they work out. So the crunch definitely is going to have to stay vigilant. And honestly, a really big key to this upcoming couple of weeks is going to be Bari Boulay. How quickly he can adjust to what's, you know, maybe some of the disappointment of being back in Syracuse how quickly he can um, adjust to the new coaching staff in Syracuse will also be a key to this. He has never played for the Crunch under Coach Bouchard, Uh, so it'll be interesting to see that as well. In that time period I just went over, between now and the next podcast episode, we will have the NHL trade deadline come to pass. That is on March 8th. So that is when the rosters, at least at the NHL level for the most part, um, get solidified for the end of the season into the playoffs. And that also tends to be when your AHL roster comes into focus because that's the, the last chance for any major tooling that your NHL team can do at either location. The AHL trade deadline um, is about is usually about a week later. Some things can happen at the AHL level, but the Lightning usually doesn't do anything with the AHL trade deadline. Normally, if anything is going to happen in the organization, it'll happen either before or on March 8th. So whether they'll need to trade away a piece of the future, whether they'll need to trade away a piece of the current crunch squad, whether they'll make any trades at all, we don't know. Uh, There haven't really been some huge hints that I have seen as to what the Lightning might do, Um, but it'll be definitely something to follow and it'll certainly give us something to talk about the next time we meet. Not to be forgotten, the Lightning lost Mikhail Servachev, one of their best defensemen, to an injury that will probably keep him out for an extended period of time. 
whether they'll scrape together something to try to get a defenseman or not. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And all of the times that I have tried to guess in the past, I have been wrong. It will be interesting to see where this will all go. I think that will do it for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. I crave interactions and feedback, so please feel free to get in touch with me over Twitter. And I'm still calling it Twitter because I refuse to call it the new name. My personal Twitter is at Alovimo, as always, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O. Keep taking care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I will see you next time.